And it is my pleasure to welcome and introduce our speaker back this week, Dr. Patrick Cameron. Thank you, Reverend Connie. Uh, I, have, uh, I have had the joy over the last couple of weeks of experiencing um, plantar fasciitis. And uh, if you know what that is, it's, it slows you down a little bit. I said that to my mother-in-law. She was here for the wedding two weeks ago. She says, oh, I hate that when you get warts. <laughs> so, okay. Me too, but I don't have a wart. <laughs> a bone spur. Anyway, good morning and welcome. Um, I wanted to uh, just call our awareness to a couple of things that are going on. Of course, we know about the rising waters, and they are cresting this afternoon, I understand, from the reports I've gotten in Edmonton, and also to offer our compassion and love and prayers for those in the uh, Calgary area and those people that have lost homes, loved ones have been put out of their homes, uh, knowing that they all have everything they need to move forward as well as Reverend Catherine McLeod's whose uh, ordination was scheduled for this past Saturday evening and canceled her uh, Reverend Catherine's mother is uh, experiencing some health challenges and uh, so it became obvious to her that that was more pressing and uh, needed her care and attention at this point in time. So that beautiful event will be re rescheduled. But uh, we, I'd like to invite us to hold that in prayer as well. And once again, to know that she and her mother and Norm and that entire family, everyone connected to that experience, um, has everything they need. And so our love is, is directed in that direction as well. With that said, I'd like to invite any of you that would like to stand and sing to please feel free to do so. And if not, we'll stay seated. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world And there's quite enough love And quite enough power To walk through our every fear For spirit One spirit in this very room in this very room in this very room so let's come together in awareness and the realization and the recognition of that one life that unseen force for good that this environment is filled with like smoke everywhere present. And so I know in that recognition that I am lifted as well as you are if we make ourselves available to that into a, a higher vibration, a higher frequency of aliveness. And knowing that for each of us, myself included, that whatever is necessary and right and perfect to be expressed, experienced, known, whatever it may be, at whatever level that we make ourselves available to that. So we stand in that direct relationship of the, of the experience of the divine. 
allowing that to permeate who we are, what we are, and to be expressed by means of that vibration of the Most High. I'm grateful for our musicians today. I'm grateful for a beautiful sunny day. I'm grateful to watch the waters recede. I'm grateful to know that the love and support and assistance that everyone requires, not just you and I, but everyone on this planet, as we ask, as they ask, that need is met. And so I'm so grateful to know that for myself and for the world. I give thanks for this understanding, for this faith and belief that I stand in with you. Releasing these words and the gratitude and appreciation, knowing that every good thing is, is consuming our awareness in this moment and directing and guiding us and uplifting us. I put down anything, any forgiveness of myself or others that in any way, shape or form blocks that experience. And I honor your willingness to do that as well. With that said, I give thanks and together we say, and so it is. All righty. So today we're, we're, we're talking about um, saying yes to transformation. So prior to my not being here last week, and I want to th thank Reverend Connie Nissen for the wonderful talk she did last week. We were, having, we were having brunch and someone came in from the center and said, hey, you weren't there today. And I said, yeah, I know I wasn't there today. And Reverend Connie did a wonderful job and, and I heard all about it. So really wonderful to be able to... Um, when people are gossiping out there on the street about you in a good way, it's really good. Um, so the saying yes, our lives are a result of what we say yes to. We're teaching that we believe, as Dr. Holmes wrote in The Science of Mind, and so many great people have said that consciousness or consciousness precedes experience. Now, uh, it's not a straight line, and that's what can be frustrating at times, because sometimes we do our prayer work and we do our, set our intention and we know where we want to go, and yet we don't seem to be able to get there. But it's so important that we say yes to transformation because what the transformation is is not so much adding to anything to ourselves. It's simply allowing it to the revelation of our true self. And for the last couple of weeks, I've been talking about the, the Hindu tradition of, of the identification with the, the essential self, the true self, that, that divine nature. And that goes back thousands of years in their tradition. So Holmes took that, he took that influence and, and many others and he, he um, uh, coalesced it into a, a philosophy and a teaching and actually a way of life that um, we have today. But what he said in his book, um, The New Design for Living, which is our book of the year, he said it's one of the most difficult things for an individual to believe is that he or she is always a success. So do you believe that, that you're always a success? Because it's true. One of the hardest things, as he says in his beautiful book, that for us to believe. We always, he said, we are always achieving the goal that we set up in thought. Now, some people have set up a goal that they don't, they're not even aware it's a goal, but we're always achieving it. He expands on that. He said, some are successful by always being a terrific success at being a failure in business. So if you are a failure in business, you are a success. He also says others succeed by experiencing ill health. If you're experiencing that, you're a success. Some succeed by being friendless. So if you don't have any friends, you're probably sitting somewhere here alone. Um, you're a success. Now, you probably didn't come here to hear that this morning, but that's really how Dr. Holmes wrote this, not me. He said, our problem is not being successful. Well, what kind of success we are having? So in other words, we have the tools, we have the capacity, we're always, we are always impressing upon this infinite divine intelligence, and the reason we impress upon it is because we're connected to it. The reason why it responds so beautifully to us is it's who and what we are. 
And so uh, there's, no, there's no gap, there's no delay. And so what happens is we, run, we, we get into these patterns and ways of living and we, and we buy into limitation and we buy into conditions. We look out in the world and we see what the world is telling us and we believe it's true. When in fact, as the Hindus would say, that we, when we attach ourselves to the impermanent, which is what the, the world is, if you notice the flood just came and the flood just went, and we can have our own experience and own narrative around that, sometimes we have the flood mer- metaphorically, we don't have it physically. Sometimes we feel overwhelmed by life. But all of that is a result of something that's alive in our awareness. There's something that we connect with. And, and once again, there's other elements that play into this, but I think one of the things that's so important is to know what we can do. How do we play with this? How do we interact with this? He said, we need not worry or wonder if we will succeed, but to direct our intention to that which we really desire to succeed in. And so whatever the experiences we long to, to experience, the more that we can direct our, our awareness to it, that commodity of energy, that commodity of consciousness, and to build that, the better off we will be. So I want to talk about that a bit today, how we do that in a simple and practical way, because it can get so intellectual, it can get into that yana yoga, which is the divinity through knowledge, that it can be confusing. So what Holmes says is we start right where we are with what, and with what we are. So that's good news. We just get to start here, in this day, in this moment. Number one, he says, planning your success, knowing what we want, is a really good place to start. I've worked with a lot of people over the years to tell me, I don't know what I want. And, and so what I know is they're being successful and being confused. And, so that, and it's just a matter of lifting that fog because they may be on the wrong side of the road, the wrong side of the freeway, buzzing down, and all of a sudden the fog lifts and they realize there's an 18-wheeler coming at them and they're driving a smart car. So it's not a matter of panicking, it's just a matter of moving the wheel a little bit and getting back into your lane. We build up... Holmes says this, knowing what we want, we can then build up the idea by idea, thought by thought, and concept by concept, directed towards the good that we desire, the experience that we desire. And as we do this, as we build this content up, the negativity, the negative content of our conscious mind and subconscious mind will be replaced, and then we will have a new pattern, a new design for living. Now, sometimes we have to look at it deeply because we'll set an intention, we'll do our prayer work, we'll have a spiritual practice, and it doesn't seem to be moving or shifting. And so there's, there's, there's deep and very entrenched ways of, of, of being in, our, in ourselves and connecting with that divine self that we really have to, at, at times our work is to look at it, to engage in it, and to, and to uh, as Holmes said, look at it long enough till it no longer has power over you. I'm going to actually go into the airport at, uh, uh, right after the service and flying back to Denver, I'm going to do a co-creation with the uh, up department within the home office because they're having some challenges and what that process will be is the co-creation that we've done here. So that each individual will look at an area where there's a restriction, where there's, um, I read a beautiful example of it this week, where uh, our consciousness can be like a bedroom, a bed sheet, and there'll be knots in it. And so you'll have a series of knots. And as we do our spiritual practice, we loose the knot. And then the, the bed sheet no longer has that restriction. And so our, I think part of our opportunity is to continue to untie the knots within our own awareness and own consciousness so the ideal that we are longing to experience can then be our experience. But as long as there's knots in our, our, our bedsheet of consciousness, we will have a, a disconnect from what we long to experience to what our experience is. Holmes also says, be consistent. 
he tells a story in this chapter of a businessman that wanted his business to thrive, and yet his practice was he would stand behind his counter all day long and watch people walk by his door. And so where his energy went was he, would, he kept wondering how and why people weren't coming in the door. Rather than celebrating the people that come in, celebrating the good that was around him, and, and re- because it's all about lifting yourself up in consciousness. And so when we're in the consciousness of not enough or lack or limitation or not good enough, the, the infinite, the way it works, it can only respond to that vibrational tone. When I was in, um, coming back on uh, Thursday, I was in the Denver airport, and if you've ever been to the Denver airport, it's really big, and their, their security is the biggest I've ever seen anywhere, and it's lines that go back and forth and back and forth for ever till you get up there and then they do their, you know, they, you take your shoes off and you all the metal out of your pockets. And when I got in line, I was behind a grandmother, uh, the mom, and a little girl. She was about seven, granddaughter. And the grandmother was blind. And so as we were going through line, the little granddaughter was turned backwards to the rest of us. So I was looking right at her face. And I could see this beautiful, beautiful little, she was probably six years old, uh, beautiful face just staring at her grandmother and guiding her backwards all the way through the line and it was such an uh, experience of love it was such a sacred moment and I and so in the context of this I thought I could look at this and say what a tragedy that this grandma has lost her vision or I could look at this and that and of course that's part of it so that's part of the polarity that's part of the story I would tell myself is how unfortunate that someone would lose the, the gift of sight and the other piece was if that had not happened would this little granddaughter and this grandmother be in such a beautiful dance of unconditional love and support and so, but I, as I was going through the line with them and watching them, because she would stop, he, she, the little girl would kind of look behind her every time, again, the line would sometimes move 10 feet and sometimes 3 feet. So it became her role, and then she guided her through the metal detector, which was just beautiful to watch. But it slowed everybody down in the line. And there were probably, there had to be, I don't know, close to 1,000 people going back and forth and back and forth. But it was a beautiful, beautiful opportunity to witness, uh, in my perception, what was a sacred moment of love present right there. But part of that is the yogas that I talked about. Part of that is the karma yoga, which becomes our work. And our karma yoga is about, uh, the four yogas I talked about, karma yoga, bhakti yoga, raja yoga, and jnana yoga. Karma yoga is a work. So work can become seva, which is service. So I'm watching this little girl in seva, because it was sacred service to God, even though she didn't know it or not, but you could just see on her face how, how, how she was taking care of her grandma. For me, I'm going back this week. I was there last week, and then I was asked to come back early and do this uh, process. There's part of me that just wants to go home and take a nap right now. You know, when we get done, I got a, I've got my routine. You know, I go home, and I sit on the couch, and I have some lunch, and then I take my nap or whatever I do. But so there's, that's a lie for me. The other part of it is I get to go back and be of service. And what I know is when I'm in service at that capacity, it's an honor, and then I'm lifted, and I'm shifted, and I'm changed. So I look at it from that perspective too, so there's a joy about it as well. But I could just sit, I could linger in that, this is no fun, you don't want to be doing this. But that's that deciding that your work becomes about service to the bigger idea, which is what we're about here in this, in this teaching. The reason that you're waking up and not I'm waking up when we continue to do this work is because we know there's something more interesting that wants to happen. In our opportunity in this incarnation, I believe that the, the reason that we've incarnated what's going on on the planet right now is the call to rise up in love with one another. But it's really hard to do that when we allow the conditions of the world to dictate to us how we will be. Bhakti yoga is love. Yeah, so we decide that we're going to 
um, love and seek the presence of God in everyone. Raja Yoga's meditation. We're going to sit in the quiet. We're going to connect with spirit. We're going to connect with that vibration, that current. And we're going to be guided. And the things that we need to know and be aware of will come into our awareness if we're in spiritual practice. Now, it doesn't mean we have to have formal meditation, but at some point in between the thoughts, ideas will percolate. Things for us to look at, as Dr. Holmes said, and this is what I'm going to be doing Monday with this group of people at the home office, is to pull something up to look at it long enough so that it no longer has power over them, and then go about the business of dissolving it through prayer, through meditation, through intention. Because what you want to be able to do is come together. I know that they long to come together in a different way to work together. And that's a possibility. And there's nothing wrong with that. We all do that. And then the yana yoga, which is very much connected with what we do here, the science of the mind. It's finding the divinity. It's transcendence through the mind. The only problem with that is we have to get rid of the mind at some point. So the tool that gets us there can't take us there. So challenge. So number one, know know what we want. Number two, enjoy the expansion of our desire. So part of the practice that can be very powerful is realize, gee, I long to have this. How can I expand my desire? I long to live in freedom and joy. I long to live in the abundance. I long to live in the, in, the, in the faith and the knowing that all of my needs are supplied all the time. And that I, the right people are coming into my life. The right ideas are flowing into my life. The right work I'm doing in my own interior. That kind of faith. How do we expand that? And then understanding that contrast helps us focus. The contrast in life. So if, you are, have, if you're successful in illness then the contrast is to, to realize, you know, I'd like to do wellness. I'd like to do health. If it's been, the challenge has been relationships, I'd like to do healthy, wonderful relationships. If it's prosperity, and you know what lack and limitation look like, what the, the contrast does is it helps us focus. So once we understand that all, that all that the obstacles are, all of the things that are going on in our lives that are unenjoyable, are really contrast to help bring us back to focus of what's precious to us. We live in an environment where everything is available to us. Have you ever Googled anything on the internet? Everything is immediately available. Philosophies, teachings, you can go, I mean, there's stuff from spiritual, I'm on the internet. I mean, everybody's, not that that, you know, I'm on the internet. But I mean, you wouldn't have to come here to to hear uh, the message, but you can find it all there. So we're inundated with this, but we can't, do be everything to everyone. We have to decide because we can become so scattered. Then our then our, vibra- our vibratory tone, our consciousness is so scattered, and so we get a scattered results. So we have to discern. We have to choose. And so when we're inundated with all this information, a lot of people tell me they don't read the paper, they don't get the paper, they don't have a television in their house because what they've realized is that that that. And I'm not advocating that, but it, but they realize that that's a distraction from what their they their intention is. When we create the intention and we continue to nurture that idea by idea, concept by concept, day by day, when we create that intention, and that's what Dr. Holmes is talking about in this chapter, and then we create the invitation. And the invitation we do through our spiritual practices, through the, the yogas or through the meditation, through the affirmative prayer, that becomes our, our invitation. But how do we keep from from grasping at it? How do we keep from... Because the more we grasp, the more desperate we become, we reinforce the negative polarity. So it's counterintuitive. It's counterproductive. So how do we do that? 
Well, we catch ourselves in that. We have the awareness. We wake up enough to realize, I'm not going to grasp after it. I'm not going to chase it anymore because when we chase it, we actually push it away. But what I can do is in my own prayer chair, you and I, we can lift ourselves up in the vibration and it becomes an invitation. And that requires practice because it's so easy to want to grasp. It's so easy to want to cling to it. Life is a way of bringing us to clarity by pointing clearly to us what we do not want, which is most of our life experience. It's most of the way the world works. Negative energy always means that the larger part of you and I, negative energy always means that the larger part of you and I is focused upon what you and I do want. But we become focused on the absence of it. You see, we set the intention for prosperity and then all of a sudden we go home and we look at our bills. And we look at, and these things are real. And we look at the things that, you know, we, uh, you know I, I, I was driving around in my old truck uh, yesterday and I stopped over here at the fourplex to catch up with some tradesmen and the Telus guy was there and I put the window down on my, my Ford pickup and talked to him and then the window wouldn't go back up. So I have a new phrase that I'm working with because there's a lot of phrases and, and things I would say about something like that in the past. But um, the thing that, that I've, I've decided to do when those things happen is to say to myself, is that so? So the Telus guy and I played with it for about 20 minutes. He said, just tap it three times. I got the same truck, tap it three times. Well, tapping it three times did not work. But now what I did because I told Laura what happened when I got home. And uh, uh, I took, and I have this wonderfully durable, thick, visqueen plastic and a roll of duct tape. <laughs> and now I have a visqueen plastic duct tape window. Which, and the other piece of it is, is I'm going to go get it fixed. I know where to take it. I know it can be fixed. I know they have the technology. I know, you know, but, in the, but I could choose to say, oh, woe is me. You know, golly gee, a guy can't get a break, truck breaking down, na 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 na. But what I realize is in that situation, do I want to pour that, my attention and my focus into that, which reinforces lack, limitation, inconvenience, or to just simply say, well, let's move to a solution on this? And so, in, in making the vow to myself to simply look at it and say, is that so? I saved all that energy for something more interesting. And so those are the moments in our lives when I think we can, we can decide how we're going to react to life, how we're going to be in life. Everything comes to you and I by the vibration frequency that you and I have got going on. Holmes would say, consciousness precedes experience. What are we communicating? What are we communicating to the infinite when these things are going on? I mean, we have an idea, we have a thought, but what really gets communicated? It's our consciousness which is a vibration, it's a feeling tone, it's an, it's an attitude, it's a way of being. I could, have, I could have stood in that line in the Denver airport with this little girl bringing grandma along and been really annoyed and made up all kinds of stories about how this is inconveniencing me and I realized this is just the, the, the most beautiful relationship and it was fascinating to watch. Your point of attraction, things come to us by the right of attraction. And when you get a handle on your vibratory tone, your vibratory output, you and I get a hold of our experience. And if we're here to love, which I believe we are, every avatar that every great teacher that's come down through the ages from Buddha to Jesus to to Muhammad to all of them spoke about this love. 
And I believe this, we're in the age of love. This is what we're giving birth to. And what, the way we're doing it is we're realizing it in manifestation is in the longings and becoming masterful at demonstrating as bringing things into our lives is to realize that that is the same, that is the same technique. Those are the training wheels for extending our consciousness and our love upon the planet. So that's kingdom two, the kingdom of manifestation. So as we train our thoughts, we begin to feel better and better. Because if you realize there's no lack, there's no limitation, then what we can do is look at each situation and say, hmm, contrast. It would be my preference not to have had my window go down and stay down. But I also realize that this is just a mechanical thing and I'm going to get it fixed and how do I want to, do I want to be victimized in this or do I just want to realize it? And, you know, for several months now I've been, to, I've been saying it's probably time for new transportation. So now I'm going to stop saying that because I'd like to get the transportation on my own dime, not the infinites. <laughs> so I realize, hmm, I think I've been supporting this. <laughs> All right, erase, erase, erase. Many people decide to think about a change in their lives and then they slip back into the negativity. And then rather than realize it's life's contrast guiding us, we end up spinning in self-doubt and self-blame because we haven't done it flawlessly. We haven't perfected it. But if we realize it from the perspective of it's simply contrast and the sum total of our consciousness at this moment is, is, is tipped, towards, tipped towards that old familiar pattern which looks like not being successful when in fact it's very successful. It's the same law that created the, the, the discord and the lack and the limitation that we can turn around and use for something more purposeful, something more meaningful. And what happens is most people's habits of thought follow what they are observing. So most people, and my, myself included, we look at the world and our, our thoughts and our habits will follow what is happening when we realize that that's the impermanent that the Hindus talk about. It's real, I have to get my window fixed. But what I realize is that I don't want to spend any more energy on that than I, I want. I, so what I'm doing now is knowing the right person will show up to help me fix it, that the right, the right uh, technology is there, the right parts, whatever it may be. And there may be something in a bigger, a, a bigger um, way that's happening that is keeping me from being in that vehicle for a couple of days. So I don't know, but I trust it. And I bless it and I thank it and I know this too is good and this too is for God. As Mary, uh, Emma Curtis Hopkins said, this too is for God, this too is for me. This too is for good, this too is for God, this too is for me. She would declare that all the time, despite what it looked like. Things are the way they are in our lives because of the patterns of our thoughts. You and I have the opportunity to develop the pattern of thought that you and I choose. And do you like the way you're living and feeling in the world of contrast? Because that's really what it is, the world of contrast. It's, it looks like negative and positive polarity, but it's all God. And so it's the world of contrast, and what we can do is if shift that vibratory tone. And so we can find things in each moment to be grateful for. We can find something right now to be grateful for. And it sounds like a simple practice, and it sounds kind of silly, because it feels like there's so many other things in the world we should be worrying about. But each one of us had transportation here today in some fashion. Each one of us got up and had something, probably had something to eat, most people. Each person here got clothes today. Each person here is, can read and think and laugh and love and hug and all those things. And what that does, that as we work on that, as we develop that, as we enhance that, then our feeling tone lifts, which is the vibratory uh, connection we have with spirit. 
But the challenge is when things don't look the way we, we think they should look, to not slip into that and realize, no, no, that's not bad. That's just contrast. I'm not for that anymore. I'm for this over here. I'm not playing for that team anymore. I'm playing for over here. And we don't have to become perfect at it. We just got to kind of get good at it. We don't have to master it. We just got to kind of get good at it. The more you appreciate the things that come to you, the more you practice vibrational patterning. The more you appreciate things that come to you, you practice vibrational patterning. And the vibrational patterning is so important. Allowing who you are to blend with the present moment, the true who you are. Holmes says this, all successful people, all successful people carry with them an atmosphere of successful expectation. How do you build that? You build that by finding the things to appreciate in the moment and understanding all of it is for you. All of that is for us, for a greater expression. All successful people carry with them an atmosphere of successful expectation. And they expect to prosper and they expect to succeed. So if you're not doing that, the beautiful thing is that when you catch yourself not doing it, it's not failure. It's not cause to give up. A lot of times we set the intention and then we go right into the negativity of how, how, how lousy we are at this. When in fact what you realize, that's just, that's just pattern. That's just the contrast. And to bring ourselves back. And we bring ourselves back as often as necessary. Because the, our inherent goodness, our inherent qualities of life are that we carry all successful people. So if you decide you want to be successful in life, you want to have a bigger experience of life, a, a greater freedom and joy, is that, that expectancy, of, of expectancy of success and to expect to prosper and succeed. Holmes says in this beautiful book, New Design for Living, none of us doubt, doubt for a moment that water is wet. We just know that. We have faith. None of us doubt the, the power of electricity. Or that the world is round, as he says here. Or that we're alive. Anybody doubt that you're alive? We accept these simple propositions because something within us knows that they are true. And we also accept more profound conclusions with equal faith. We were born to believe. You and I were born to believe. We were born to have faith in something greater than us. And for we are a divine being and always carry with us some echo of that infinite source in which we live and move. That's the truth of our being. And so when we understand life from the perspective of contrast, when we understand that life, we need to choose. We have to decide. We have to set the intention. And then we create the invitation. And as soon as we spin into the lack and the limitation and the negative polarity, we close down the invitation. So we need to, to play with ourselves. And so this week, I'm going to invite each person, as I did the first service, to spend at least one minute a day in appreciation for wherever you are. And if you get one, and you get one minute mastered, then go to two minutes. Before you know it, you'll be doing three and four minutes. But when you find yourself in those moments of challenge where the contrast really shows up in your life, say, man, I don't like this at all. Realize that that's simply life's way of saying to you, you can make a different choice in this moment. So thank you for your beautiful choices you're making. Thank you for coming together and supporting what's, what's happening here, what we're giving birth to here. You are the divine expression. And it's quite beautiful from where I stand. So thank you. Blessings.